Welcome to Just Another Side Quest. This is a show where a couple of 30-year-olds discuss current games we're playing, thoughts on various bits of gaming news, and we'll definitely get sidetracked pretty often. We're married, some of us have kids, and a few of us work in the games industry, and a couple of us don't. We keep it casual and try to cover a wide range of games. I'm James, and tonight, Randall, Aaron, and I will be discussing Call of the Sea, along with a ton of Runeterra. We ended up also going into a fair bit of detail on some old card games that we played as kids. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Hi, welcome. I'm Randy. Oh, I'm always second. I'm James. <laughs> You're always second. I know. You this are. happens. I like wait for Aaron because I want to wait. She can go. And then she just looks at me like, what are you doing? Like, are you going to go? You already said my name, so I don't technically need to go. But I'm Aaron. Just in case people were, were getting confused, you yeah. know, our similar tones. Yes. Aaron and I sound identical. I don't know. Pretty people m- think Aaron's a boy name. Yeah, I'm Jamie. Hello. <laughs> I'm Aaron. Yeah, there you go. Is that what you do online when you're playing with <laughs> guys? You're like, I better just blend in here. Dude, did he get the headshot or not? Yeah, it's a questionable. I can't quite tell. Impressive. I only remember the voices I would do is when Randy first introduced me to Xbox Live way back. Mm-hmm. And I would just yell gibberish into the mic as a very annoying 12-year-old or whatever. I do remember that. Yep. Yeah. If, if I was to do any kind of voice while talking on game, on live games... I would actually try and do the high pitched, like, like really girly voice. <laughs> Go Hello. the other way. Hey, oh, like my, a, a kid, some like, sort of like eight year old. Where you really don't know, like, if you're talking to a little boy or a little girl, or like a really, really feminine little cutesy girl, or something. That's yeah, that's a very it. like, like anime voice because you can really can put that on so many different characters. I know. That's really actually uh, <laughs> valuable. That's interesting. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, sidetracked. <laughs> yep, that's, that's that's what we do. The name of the game, or at least the podcast. Hey, I've played a few games. You guys played a few games? No, I played the same games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. played like the same game. few games. Yeah, same few games. Yeah. Yep. What have you been playing? Uh, I played. Uh, well, we we finished Call of the Sea. Nice. Uh, my wife and I did. Um, <clears throat> Without giving too much away, we ended up uh, getting a little bit of help on two puzzles. And what I found, I, I, I'm less patient uh, than my wife is. So what I did is I went on my phone and started looking up a walkthrough. And then I would read only far enough, like one line at a time, to get like the first the type of a hint. Of, yeah. And then I would put it away and then I would look at what she was doing and then try to give her a hint of a hint and see if we could still kind of figure it out. Some triple distilled hints going on. Yeah, like a double double blind (laughs) walkthrough. Nice. Um, So what's your verdict on it? Like now that you're done, did it continue to impress and be fun? It did. It got got a little more sci-fi, but in a good way. Uh, it, it's, it was fun. The puzzles were mostly still very good. And a lot of them you felt like you really accomplished something. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of them were more a matter of just talking it out and trying a little bit of trial and error, but everything made sense. And when you would fail, you would fail up and go, 
oh, 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 okay, I see what they're doing. And you generally get it pretty fast after that. Just two of the puzzles got a little tedious. Only one didn't make sense towards the middle of the game. Okay, yeah. But the rest of them all made sense. The The final puzzle was just, I knew what they wanted me to do, but I'm bad at uh, kind of geometric manipulation, okay. I should say, where they give you a set of shapes and then you fit them into a puzzle to make a certain pattern. Um, gotcha. And that was just, it was a lot of fiddling that I didn't really yeah. want to wade through. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it ended up being like, easier I, than I thought. Yeah, there's something in a puzzle. Like there's the, the okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. And then like the solving of the puzzle. And ideally, like the closer you can put those two together. Because it gets, yeah, really tedious sometimes when you're like, I know exactly what I need to do, but this is tedious. and Yeah, I like, call it the I get it factor. Yeah. Like I get it. I get the puzzle. I get how to do it. That's the problem with like Zelda games for me. Oh, okay, you want that rock over there, and I, I see how I would do it, but if I'm standing in the wrong place or you know move make a, a bad move, yeah, that can it can be cause slow. it to fail. I, but I, I get yeah. what I'm supposed to do. Um, totally. But overall, it, it had a good had a good ending to it. It has multiple endings um, that you can choose. Again, I don't feel that's too much of a spoiler because the. Uh, when you get there, you'll you'll realize. I do recommend it uh, if you want a a non dexterous puzzle adventure game to play through and get a fun story. Uh, I would I'd recommend Call of the Sea. It's a it's really good for this team's uh, first official effort. Yeah, well, I got to play yeah. this. Uh, so after that, we were looking for something else to play and. Um, I just started looking through, you know, what I had available to me because I have all of Game Pass and Microsoft added in EA Access. So that is included free with a uh, Xbox Live Ultimate, which is Xbox Live, Game Pass, and now EA Access. So there's like 30 games on that. Oh, yeah. Okay, Um, you've got like EA's core library. Exactly. Everything. Right, that... I think they announced that, what, like six months ago, a year ago? Uh, a f- uh, like yeah, it came out it came about out. a year ago or so, but yeah. it, it just became cool. part of Ultimate like last month. Nice. So it's just included. Cool. So I start looking through there, immediately download Titanfall 2 because, <laughs> of course. <Yes. laughs> Everyone so, on this podcast needs to uh, play through Titanfall 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. Um, or replay. So I guess replay, yeah, because you've already played through it, so. Yeah, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the story again because it, it was so good. So good. It's, it is good. It's worth it. Uh, but I downloaded I think four things right off the bat, uh, and I played two of them. Uh, the first one ended up being a really fun uh, kind of team puzzle game for us. Uh, we got Peggle. You remember Peggle? Oh, like the phone game where you shoot a ball up into the. It, the other you, balls? Or, yeah, you shoot it and then it falls down and it hits yeah. all the pegs on the board and highlights them. And then once the ball gets to the bottom, those ones disappear. Yeah. Aaron is super. Gonna, I, I did not <laughs> play this. Yeah, I played like Peggle 2 on like the first iPod Touch I had. Yeah, so they've got that for Xbox Live Arcade uh, originally and now it's through EA Access. It's a 360 version. 
and it it's just great fun to play. Yeah. Uh, and you you it, there's actually a story mode. There's no <laughs> cutscenes or anything, there's but a story. Oh. Yeah, there's there's like twelve characters, and they all have a different power up, right? So all the pegs on the board, most of them are blue, some of them are orange, mm-hmm. and the orange ones are your objectives. You have ten shots to drop this ball down this this maze, and you have to get rid of all of the orange ones. And the blue ones are just for points. And then there is also purple, which will give you one randomly each time you fire, which multiplies the score. Then there's a green, which does your special power-up. So, like, the first character is a unicorn. Of course. I remember And with the first power-up, not only does it show an arrow showing the trajectory of your first shot, but shows it all the way to its first impact point, and then its ricochet uh, direction. Oh, nice. And you go on from there, and there's another one that uh, basically elongates the bucket at the bottom, and if the ball falls into the bucket, which just uh, on a timer goes left and right, if it falls in the bucket, you get the ball back. Cool. So power-ups to kind of sprinkle in. Keep the formula fresh. Exactly. And there's there's multiplayer options. So, uh, you know, my wife and I, we, we spend some time unlocking characters, and mm-hmm. then we spend some time playing against each other. Ah, uh, like turn, like taking turns back and forth? For like yeah, exactly. Nice. But it's on one board. So if I do something, oh, then she has fun. to kind of... So, like, the first shot is really good because you can... You've got all the pegs to play with. Um, and then, you know, yeah. it gets lesser and lesser. Is it like pool where you're aiming for, where your objectives are different from each other? Or do you have the same objectives and you're just trying to fight over who gets what? Uh, so when you play multiplayer, um, it's it's not re- a required objective so much as it's different point totals. And um, so you kind of tug a war mm-hmm. uh, with that. Um. So yeah, it's 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 more competitive uh, that way. I'm trying to remember the specific rule changes, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun because you try the different you know power ups, and then the per the person that gets the last orange peg, which ends the game, uh, the whole bottom of the board becomes bonus areas. So it'll land in one of five slots, and the ones on the edges are ten thousand points. And then the middle's fifty thousand and twenty five in the in the middle of those. So you know, first shot gets the the whole board to play with, but the last the last shot is what really counts. That gives you a big bonus to help you come back from a deficit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So huh. not super, not new, not super exciting, but it is actually a great way to kill a couple of hours, uh, especially with uh, you know other people. So yeah. That's that's Peggle. Everyone knows Peggle. It's still good. It like Sudoku. It's just good. It always will be. Well, everyone but me. Everybody but Aaron knows what Peggle is. <laughs> you you I think I think you would uh you might like it. I probably would recognize it. It sounds like yeah. a similar game You'd to like other it. phone games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been on a phone, I'm sure. Uh the other thing just to touch on real quick, I downloaded uh because they have the whole need for speed library in there, all the newer ones. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so I just downloaded one because I don't know what any of them are anymore. Yeah. Uh, I was an avid Need for Speed player. Oh yeah, uh, through the PS2 era, but it got away from me after um, Carbon. 
I don't even remember Carbon. Carbon was right after Most Wanted. Ah, how do I not remember that one? I guess Most Wanted was the last one I played. Yeah, that was that's most people's last one, and then Carbon yeah. kind of was a lesser version of that, and it just that's where it went off the rails. For you, but yeah. I got Heat, Need for Speed Heat. Yeah, okay. This um, one's set in Miami. Yeah, I think I've seen little bits of it. How is it? It's oh, it's a Need for Speed game. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. But unlike the last few that I've played, because uh, I think I played, boy. I think I played a few minutes of Undercover and Most Wanted, the the reboot, and I did not enjoy them over at a friend's house years ago. Um, but I downloaded this one thinking, okay, we'll see. And it's not bad. The other ones I've actively not enjoyed, yeah. but this one has a couple of things to recommend it. So first of all, other than just the, the driving is good. It's not Forza. It's much more arcadey, but it is fun. It's a sense of empowerment. Uh, but it is over the top. There's flames shooting out of the back of the car all the yeah, time, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But they did fix the customization. It feels a lot more like Underground 2. Uh, it is not Need for Speed Underground 2, but it is very close yeah. okay. in, in terms of customization and and just fun. Like It lets you change the exhaust note with five different sliders. Note? Uh, the exhaust note, the, the way it sounds. Uh, so one <laughs> of the sliders goes more towards okay. metallic, and the other one goes towards less metallic. Another one goes aggressive or subtle. And so you can tune... I like that. That's the cool. way it sounds. And as a gearhead, that 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 that's exactly the sort of thing that I want to play with, and I, and yeah. I did. Um, the color, you can... You can modify pretty well uh nice yeah that was what always like really was fun was the the car customizing yeah so they've kind of fixed that from the last few games that i've played uh there's actually an okay customization to it um nothing amazing they just finally got back to 2005 so congratulations now the one thing that i have thought is interesting the when i played i think it was undercover uh, everything was at night. It was always raining, and the neon was everywhere, and it was kind of too much. Uh, it was hard to learn the roads uh, in the wet, dark. Mm. So this game actually has a mechanic in it where it goes day to day, but there's a day and night schedule. So you start your day. And that's when the official races are. There's like a race wars kind of thing going on Mm -hmm. where it's sanctioned. There are uh, fans, there's barriers, and you're doing an official race where you win money, like actual cash. Then when you're all done with those races, you actually hit a trigger in the map, which changes it to night. And then you do your street racing where you don't get money but you get reputation. Reputation is what unlocks modifications and upgrades. Okay. So you have to balance your time between making money and earning rep so that you can spend the money. (laughs) Interesting. And so you can free roam around in the daytime and then at nighttime, and you can see they're very, very different worlds. The lighting effects and the weather effects vary 
And so it really gives you a good sense of depth for the world. Again, we're talking need for speed. So, so as much as that ever is. Exactly. But I will say this is the best need for speed game I've played since most wanted the original one so if you like racing games you want something arcadey it's a bit overwrought it's very florida (laughs) um but yeah it's fun it's uh entertainment value for me so yeah the map is very big very varied lots of different biomes so it's good yeah so if you've got that subscription like probably worth the time easily yeah exactly i don't know if i'd pay 45 bucks for it or whatever they're asking at this point it came out in 2019 so you may be able to get oh, it yeah, at, it's actually at a good discount but well maybe i yeah. guess yeah two years yeah well cool so i won't belabor the point on on uh, any of that the only other thing we've all been playing <laughs> is rune terror legends of rune terror yeah that's like all i've played a little bit of cyberpunk, but it's taken so long. So long. But no major updates on cyberpunk no, at this point? No, yeah, nothing, nothing worth talking about. Okay. Well, then let's let's get into Rune Terror because I've continued to play on, and there's been a couple times that I've been wrecked by the <laughs> AI, and I mean wrecked. Oh, yeah, the AI. Yeah, if they get their curve going, it's, a, it's like a spider deck that can... Like turn four kill you if you don't get stuff out on the board. See, it might have been a deck like that because I I went up against someone that their champion will had the ability. She had the ability to uh, if you attacked her, she could be connected to a separate Callista. character yeah. on the board, yeah. and the attack would go to that enemy instead. Yeah. That's that- the other that deck with all of the uh, like undying and ephemeral stuff. Yeah. Uh, if it gets the curve right, like the AI. It's an easy deck to play. You just play on curve with the cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. So I haven't played against that deck uh, just that once that I know because yeah. I remember every time I get stomped. <laughs> um, I think that's the first time I've lost uh, with them still being at double digits. Wow. Uh, I'm usually pretty close, but can you guys explain the undying a little bit? Because cards would just go back to their hand or just come back yeah. or... Attacks would just straight up fail. I'm I'm so lost, and the game goes so fast. Yep. Can you guys explain okay. that a little bit? Um, undying cards, ephemeral cards. So with the undying cards, there's specifically a character called the Undying. Um, that is one single card, and what happens is when they die at the start of the next round, that character will come back with um, it's plus one plus one. It's plus one plus one. Yep, one more power and one more health. Yeah, so you want that character to die every round. So it gets more powerful, more powerful, and you actually start building cards around the... If you have the Undying in your deck, you want to use other cards to kill it. Like So you have one card that lets you kill kill another card and then revive it. So if you kill your Undying, you can get uh, and revive it. That just gives another boost in that one round. Technically, with that card too, it actually makes two of them because it, it kills it but revives a different one. And then the one that died actually comes back the That's following true round. Too. So yeah, it can get pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And then ephemeral is a keyword. That one's actually like on a lot of cards, whereas yeah. the undying has like special text. It's a unique card. Um, but the ephemeral keyword just means after I attack, have taken damage, 
or the round is over. I think taking damage counts too. Not um, sure. I die. Like I disappear and go away and I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so Callista's level up ability is all about seeing people die. Mm-hmm. So she gets really strong pretty quickly when you put her in a deck like this where you've got a, just a bunch of stuff you want to have die. Um, and if you're not prepared for it, and again, you, you have to like play against and go, oh, okay, this is <laughs> this is like a crazy cheese strat. But the game's built around cheese strats, so. I have a, a deck where Callista is one of my main characters for it. And one of the things I want to have happen is that within the first three rounds, there's a spell that will summon three ephemerals ghosts that are just one ones. So I don't care about them too much. And, but, and it's like a two cost spell. And Callista costs three. So by turn three, if I've saved up my mana, um, so I have five, uh, three, I have the three regular mana and then I have the two spell mana, I can put Callista on the board. I can summon the three, have them go, at, then have them all attack at the same time, but put, make sure Callista is on my far right so I have the attack order be with the, be with the ghosts. And ideally, if they all die, which they should. They will. They're ephemeral. So when they yeah. attack, they die. Um, even if it's against the Nexus, I can't quite remember. Yeah, no matter what. It's as so, soon as they've attacked. So they'll... No, I don't think Ephemerals... They don't get hurt. They don't die until the end of the round. No. They'll, they disappear. I've never okay. seen a Shark Chariot after an attack go back to the... Because they'll see, like, Hecarim, like, with two Shark Chariots and two of his Spectral Riders. Yeah. But then after the attack, like, they don't sit. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, I don't so, think. My my whole goal is that I've, I've summoned these three spirits purely so that way they die immediately and get that level up as soon as I put Callista out. And sometimes I don't even need to have Callista attack. I just need to have her on the board so she will uh, upgrade. And then when she upgrades, she summons her own, like, basically meat shield. She summons a, an ephemeral meat shield is what happens. A meat shield that can hit pretty hard. <laughs> True. It is yeah. the strongest dead character on in, from your that has died from your side yeah. that she summons. So it's cool. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. That one That one I have trouble with. Um, just because if I draw really poorly against the AI, I'm testing a deck and my numbers are off and I have nothing but spells. The amount of bodies that they can just get out onto the board by turn like three or four, it's pretty bad. And then the spider deck's the other AI deck that just a lot of bodies can be placed out on the board within the first couple of turns. Yeah, I've found that, that that works pretty well for me if I can get a lot of people on the board because uh, the ones that I lose, I have found are more often than not the rounds that, despite my best efforts, I start with the, a low of a three-cost card. Yeah. Ooh. And, that's and when the... you give up the first two rounds, you're you're just hosed. Against people, it gets better. The AI's deck is... Well, I've played against the AI and they they don't get off the ground and then I'm kind of bummed because they like, they did nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the real fun is like trying to survive a game where you didn't have the perfect curve. And so you come in, all your cards are like three plus on cost. And you're like, well, okay, <laughs> how do we make this work? And then making a deck that like survives that. That's a big part of the deck building is if I don't draw my curve, what combat tricks, what spells, like what do I have? to mitigate the bleeding until I can get back like up and running or like my opponent runs out of gas. Cause a lot of those super power decks run out of gas if they're not implementing a lot of card draw. 
this so. plays into my late game, uh, my usual late game <laughs> decks, but yeah. uh, I have at least one or two decks that don't have any one cost cards. Like, so the soonest yeah. I can play is on the two, on the second round. And half the time I don't have those cards really let uh, <laughs> I've up lost either. a pile of games to you <laughs> and you have nobody out by like turn four. Not turn four, but like turn, turn three, three is when you're putting when people out. Starting. But I'm just, I got the whole pile of people ready and then I'll get you down to like five health, but you'll start healing it back. And then, then all the big guys come out because you have a bunch of eight cost or seven cost cards. Yeah. And I'm just a bunch of like one cost. And by the end of the game, when we're each drawing one card and I have all of this mana, but only a one cost card to like play and you've got a seven cost, like you're getting so much more value out of your turn. And that's when I run out of the gas. Yeah. And, and die. And then you win. Because I couldn't remove your star spring. But <laughs> you're still thinking of just, just the one healing deck. Yeah, so. But yes. So annoying. I, I know where my uh, my weakness is, and that's in the early the early decks. I I I still can't find it myself to really build early decks well. I am starting to do that. A, bit, a little bit better, but I'm trying to focus on just trying to, instead of doing the straight late game, just getting moving towards mid-game decks. Like, yeah. how to do mid-game decks well. And then actually, eventually I'll get to the early game. But instead of trying to do a drastic mid or late, it's like, I'll just move slowly to the early game stuff. So, so. to do it. Have you played uh, any games against people, Randy? I I, I still have not. I'm very antisocial <laughs> yeah. on my phone. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I, I always feel bad because the way that uh, my life is set up currently uh, at work, uh, work is usually when I get to play mm-hmm. and um, I can be called away at yeah. a moment's notice yeah. to deal with things. So even on my, uh, my break and my lunch. So I hate hate when people bail on me on an online game and so i don't want to do that so i'm kind of been waiting for a chance that i'm playing runeterra and know i'm not going to be bothered with mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. uh and feel like playing an online game also i figure i'll uh, probably play against you guys first uh work my way out into it but i also kind of don't want to play with a stock deck i want to build a deck first yeah yeah, yeah. it's a big um, part of the game yeah, that that's kind of where I'm stuck right now is building a deck. Um, because I'd start with what I'm used to, the buff and tough. Uh, there's a lot of cards that I really like, but there are some that I know that I'd pull out. Uh, mm-hmm. like pretty much at all stages of the game. Like an early one, they have uh, a Fleet Feather Tracker, which is good because it's a one cost and it's a two attack, one defense, and if you summon someone else, they get challenger. But, I don't know, it's not as effective as like an Omen Hawk, which, although it's just a 1-1, the next two in your deck get a plus one and plus one. More than challenger. Yeah. Challenger can be really, really useful, but again, if the deck doesn't care so much, you don't have things that you're trying to protect. Yeah, that's, I would highly recommend, I mean, the first thing to do is to essentially copy your buff and tough and then modify it just get used to mm-hmm. making five or six card changes to it and yeah so i also need to play a more uh more deck so i know what i want to pull in yeah have you played through the tutorials yes okay okay that's a good I have a, so i have a passing like like a jinx might be nice just because that's 
that's useful, that's but I think with, that's yeah. a four cost. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. A Jinx Draven deck is pretty good, though it's right now Draven as Easy Draven is a, one of the more competitive variants of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think Jinx is a pretty easy. She's very easy to play. And that's what I started with. Unless you don't understand how she upgrades. Like, I didn't understand. The reason I don't play her is because when I, first, when I was first deciding which path to go, I didn't understand how uh, how the champions upgraded. Because oh, yeah. I didn't understand how to read the cards well and mm-hmm. correctly. So I, I was like, I don't get her. I thought it was like I had to get rid of all the enemies cards or something. I didn't understand it. And so I couldn't get her upgraded very well. And <laughs> yeah. so I just like, you know what? I don't like this. I'm going to move on to something else. And so I never quite got back to her. Still haven't. She's a lot of fun. I would highly recommend because you have to get rid of all your cards. No other deck wants you to like dump your hand. <laughs> she needs you to run out of gas and then she starts to fix that. One word, deep. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. But not your Maokai. hand, right? Maokai. Maokai wants you to yeah, toss your hand. Your deck, yeah. Your he deck. wants your deck gone. But you still <laughs> want like a bunch of cards in your hand. It's true. In the same way, right? Like, if you have the cards in your hand, it's that's what saves your deck. Yeah. Jinx is like the one person you're really like, yeah, get rid of them. Throw them away. Mm-hmm. So them. if I wanted to pull something in, like one of the troubles I'm having is with Fearsome and Elusive. Mm-hmm. So do you guys have something off the top of your top of your mind that would be good for a, you know, a buffing deck when that, you know, it's a lot of... You have... Your buffing deck is Demacia and Freljord. Yes, sharp, uh, mainly. Sharp Sight. That will help sharp you with Elusives. Sight? Yeah, it's and a, it buffs you too. It gives you 2-1 and I can block Elusives this round? Or is yes. it a 1-1? One, one? I think it's a 1-1. One, one. It's it's uh, yeah. it's either 1-1 one, one or 2-2. Two, two. I can't remember which. Yeah, there is a card that can help. Yeah. Also Challenger. That it, like That is where if you've got something with Challenger, you can, on your attack, throw your card away essentially just to, to pull and kill mm-hmm. an Elusive unit. Um, other options, particularly if the if they're early game elusives, they're going to be uh, low health. If you have an if you have avalanche, which is that big sweeping. Yeah, move. I I do use yeah. avalanche. Yeah, that can be really helpful. Uh, but it does depend on if you if you are changing up wanting to change up this deck to include Jinx, for example. You have to mean that means you have to drop either Freljord or Demacia, which yeah, means you're going to tire like half of your cards. Yeah. So can you only run two different factions? Is that how that works? For standard play, yes. There is a mode that lets you do three regions, I think. Maybe. And I think the other alternate, but the other part of that is that you're not allowed to have duplicates of cards. Something like that. The the main game mode is, yeah, two. Main game mode, two. Two factions, two regions. Okay, so I'd be better off trying to find someone from one of these regions so I don't have to completely rebuild the deck. Yes. That would be one way to do it. Okay. See, I'm learning already. <laughs> yeah. And usually what you build your deck around is you pick like one or two cards. You start with a card that has some crazy ability. So probably some like eight cost card or some your game winning card, whatever it says in the text. Um, that's where you go. This is the card that my deck needs to pull out and trigger its effects. And sometimes that might be the interaction between two or three cards based off of what their text is. Um, but from there, then the rest of the deck should be either like plugging up holes or finding other cards that essentially have kind of the same triggers to get 
their buffs going. So Aaron had mentioned Deep. Mm -hmm. um, Nautilus is one guy from one faction who wants to have all your cards be thrown away. That's like his big, that's how he levels up is by... The keyword for him is deck. tossing. Tossing. But then Maokai in another faction, if you toss... You mean, wait, Nautilus? Nautilus and Maokai. Nautilus wants the... He wants to go yeah. deep, but yes. Maokai just wants stuff tossed. And if you toss enough, you destroy the enemy deck. You insta-mill, like, their whole deck, and they only have, like, four cards left. It sucks. So that's... You find the one... So I'm like, I want Nautilus. This is what I want to do. And then you find that other guy that also is really happy with that strategy of milling your deck and, and throwing all your cards away. And then the rest of the build is like, okay... Once we go deep, I need to win the game. So I'll, I'll pick up some creatures that are happy when they go deep. Um, I'll pick up stuff that tosses cards. I need as many cards to throw my deck away. Mm -hmm. So that sort of thing. And then you start going, okay, I need sharp sight because I'm worried about this in a deck. Or I need to grab a couple other like combat tricks. You need some combat tricks to deal with whatever the enemy is going to throw at you. Kind of navigate their deck. Um, but yeah. That's the kind of easy way so to do it. So what I've been building towards, I suppose, like what I usually end up using to win is the overwhelm cards towards the uh, top end of my oh, deck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like Alpha Wild Strike and Trindomir. Yeah. Uh, and even as low as the, um, oh, what's the three cost poor? Mighty Poro. Yes. Uh, yeah. Is you good. can put in some work. Yeah. Yeah, overwhelm um, is a really good like a game winning term or keyword. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's what I've been trying to build too. Because once I get a couple of them out there, uh, because they are strong and they'll generally go two or three rounds, kind of no matter what I'm up against, uh, and I get enough low level cards that I can block with those against the the you know the tough units to weaken them. And then use my overwhelm to clear out uh, weak ones uh, and go straight for the the nexus. That's kind of been my uh, uh, my way is using basically burning low level cards for the first five rounds, and then either using champions like uh, like Lux or um, got like uh, 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 what's what's the other guy's name. Trindamir? Garen? Garen? Garen, yes. Oh, yeah. uh, Garen's also really, really useful for me. Uh, they're kind of the middle. I'd like to add in more overwhelms in their slot, mm -hmm. as useful as they are. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just try to use those to get myself to the top, because if I can get to round, you know, eight, I usually win. So this is where you start, like, you take a copy of your deck and you, you start fiddling with it. Um, take out, I would say, my suggestion here, because this is actually where I, I started, is I focused on Freljord a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and the overwhelm uh, keyword is found a lot in Freljord. And the other champions you mentioned, Lux and Garen, are not from Freljord. And they might be helpful, but you probably have other characters fill in, especially if you have a lot of eight-cost cards. Like, there's a there's a four-cost uh troll that will get that regenerate if you have an a cost card in your hand so that can fill in the garen role if you're not using garen for his upgraded ability 
Oh, I see that. The the troll ravenger. Yes. And if you start to go down that road, you can also build like a troll deck mm-hmm. and put in more trolls. And then there's some cards that like summon them out of your deck if you've got them. Um, and then you could even put Trundle in there. He works really well with the trolls because he's an eight cost. Or yeah. no, he, he creates an eight cost ice pillar for you to. Or it's like a 12. And it's, it's above the eight. Uh, I think it's eight. It's an eight cost. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a uh, there's a mid level uh, troll ravenger. It's a four cost and it's a three five. Um, no, that's what you guys were talking about. But there's a there's a wolf rider. It's also a four cost, but it's an overwhelm. Yep. Uh, so that looks like that might be kind of a mid level above the mighty poro, but you know below the alpha wild claw. Uh, to kind of that in, mm-hmm. instead, maybe start that a little earlier. Um, so I have a a deck that I call my overtuff deck, um, mm-hmm. because I want to use the overwhelm. I'm using I'm focusing on overwhelm keywords, but then also uh, as a kind of splash to this, I'm using the landmark uh, that get that when a character is damaged, they get they gain the ability they gain the tough keyword, which oh. just prevents that makes it that way for those who don't know um it gives them one like armor essentially to all incoming damage and then the other part that happens there is that every time they're damaged um they're also gaining i think one plus power i can't remember if it's one yeah, it's one, one and it's one power no and health so, gain so just a little bit extra a little bit but if, over time it just gets to get these guys just a little bit extra so that's why it's my splash but i'm still focusing primarily on the overwhelm and so uh, I have, and then I also have like to, uh, to focus on the tough side of this. I also have a character called the Ember Maiden that damages everything on the board, including the Nexus, including your enemies, including you. Doesn't matter if they're in battle or not. Um, doesn't hit the stuff that's in your hand, but um, takes everyone down by one damage, which combine that with that tough ability, your characters don't get damaged, but they get uh, buffed up by one each time. And so it's just like a nice little like round by round. If they don't take this out, this this is going to screw them up, your yeah. enemy over. And so that's it's stuff like that, that little engine that's mm-hmm. buffing everybody every turn, makes it really hard for the enemy. Yep, that's a really now, solid. For one. landmarks, because I haven't done landmarks uh, at all really uh there's there's an early landmark that would be available for these decks called the grand plaza it's a very strong landmark it is that seems like it's a really good early on because it's when the allies summon give it plus one and plus one and challenger this round yes yes it is very good uh so that's all that's really good early on for for kind of low mid-level summons to uh to, to boost them to go from a 3-3 three, three to a 4-4 four, four and challenger on summon, that's that seems like it's a good long-term play. It Honestly, that landmark, it was, uh, it has been dominant. It's, yeah, it's, it's been the like dominant card meta, for the last month very, and a half. Very on meta, yeah. Oh, well, I, I guess I wasn't super far off then. <laughs> you weren't. Um, it's not card- a new idea, but it's new to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the fun is a, trying to there's two ways to do it you like discover your own and then mm-hmm. later realize oh I'm 
the design of the game is pointing me in the same direction that like everyone's getting pointed in. Oh, I just built a very, very meta deck and I thought I did it, you know, first or whatever you, you do, but it's like, it's a popular deck. It's a really strong set. So it feels good when you're like, oh, cool. I'm building strong decks. Yeah. On the other hand though, you can also, you know, just as much if you don't like the deck building as much or want to see other deck building first, get used to it, is to look up, you know, the top 10 decks or look up, you know, what's even in the game, it allows you to look at the leaderboards. You can look at the top five players in the world and import their deck. So you can look at what their, you know, the number one player's current deck is and then just copy it. The nice thing when you import the deck is that you still see which ca- all the cards they have. It just tells you which ones you don't own. So mm-hmm. I have so, done yeah, that. You can still look or, at it. Not, I think, I think once because I was curious about this, what that looked yeah. like. But I didn't, I didn't actually use the deck because I was just curious. At the uh, same time, that'll, you know, that reinforces a meta. Um, and some of the fun of the game is that it's it's not too bad. It's actually quite diverse in what you're able to play, especially at our level. Like it's pretty mm-hmm. infinitely diverse you can win with whatever deck um but it's also it's a way to go okay i see i see all the shenanigans that this guy put into his his build here okay so looking at a lot of decks helps you also memorize just all the all of the cards there's so many cards and that's yeah. a big part of the the hurdle to get over is how many cards and, and just memorizing those keywords that way when you're playing against people and you see the two champions that they have, you can go, oh, those two champions do this. This is their cheesy strat to win. Okay. I can mulligan my hand at the beginning of the game knowing that. I can play specifically knowing they'll have certain cards that are just like the strong cards everyone puts in a deck with those regions. So a bunch of that knowledge, that's where it really starts to get fun. And that's the mind games that happen between the two people plan yep. it's great and then you don't draw anything and it's terrible and you're, <laughs> you're like way behind and uh, it can be fun a little bit it is sometimes fun to it's fun when both people don't draw their curve right and so both players are just passing back and forth and it's like turn three <laughs> that's always a i think great. my favorite game that i have in my memory that's stu- that's stuck there which means it was a standout game was a game where we had identical decks Oh, yeah, just in a mirror deck. In the first deck. three rounds, we are playing the exact same cards on the board. Oh, my goodness. It was it was a Shadow Isle um, Wraith, Mist Wraith deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we both had those. And eventually, I think it was either round three or four, um, I got the card where I needed. They didn't. Um, yeah. And so I was able to pull ahead in that sense. And But it was still a close game. It was just hilarious. And yeah, we both recognized that because we were just uh, emoting back at each other. It's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of my fun. That was a fun game. Also, because of, of the person and me were interacting in a way that you don't always get. Like yeah. the emoting system is with other players is either like really fun or really annoying or just not used at all. Yeah. So that well, was one of my fun parts. I've- if we don't have anything, do you guys have anything else specifically on Rune Terra before we move on? No. Yeah. Oh. We play co-op. Yeah. Yeah. True. We do. Um, in the last, in the last major it's gonna update, it's going to be gone here in like a week. Or yeah. Something. Okay, maybe. 
I don't know. I, I can see them keeping it around because, or at least making bringing in another co-op. Like right now in the labs, you can play with other players, well, other people. So you ha- uh, one person takes over the attack turn, someone takes over the de- the defensive turn, and you play against an AI. That oh, is, united front. Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It really, really, you need to draw the right hand. Um, but yes, it's you have two hands of cards. Mm-hmm. Both players have their own hands, and I think they're drawing from maybe the community deck. I think it's the same deck. Um, uh, we're not. Because I have my own deck. I think so. I think it's based off what champion you choose at the beginning. Okay. Because uh, we played three games, me and James did together when we're playing this, and two of them I got I picked out Zoe as my main champion, and both times I had consistent uh, cards I was pulling from. Okay. So, yeah, that might be the case. So we each have our own deck. But our board is shared. So if mm-hmm. I put something out, it's on her board as well. Yeah. And then our mana is shared. So if I spend it all, Aaron doesn't have any for the following turn. And then there's a, a few times on certain rounds you can pass cards back and forth to each other. So it's all about passing cards back and forth, trying to do damage while also surviving. It's tough. It was yeah. really tough. And there's a couple of uh, technically new cards, but they're new specifically for this game mode that the AI have. Yeah, yeah, just some of the enemies and stuff. I think the enemies themselves aren't, but like the like so you're going to be playing against Noxus is the primary thing, and then uh, what Champion focuses on is at random. I think. Well, one of the cards they pull is that they will uh, summon a random Noxian soldier or something. Yeah, it's their way of of putting cards on the board yeah yeah that that one was like that could be rough but it's also random so it's like it could also be very helpful on yeah. your side it's a little rng heavy mm-hmm. um for co-op it was felt a little less like we were fighting a, a perfectly oiled puzzle and more of a slot machine yeah and it's like okay what what are they gonna have oh they have a keyword that we just can't deal with right now and then another game it's like oh that's a garbage card they just summoned great or the fact that we were able to get the champion out, I think, on the round that it got summoned. He got summoned. That was a, yeah, that was I mean, that's a big game. thing. It's just to kill. We, yeah. So, yeah, there's some strategy, though. There's some ways to play it. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I would recommend trying it, but it is hard. You're probably going to lose the first time just trying to get your head wrapped around what's going on. It's also easier if you're actually able to talk with the other person. Much easier. That might be too easy. Eh, maybe. Because if you don't know <laughs> what they've got or, like... It's, well, it's you can really look hard. At their, you can look at their hand, but they may not play the way you want them to. Yeah, yeah. So, hmm. but that that's, would be... that's interesting. I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah. I'll have to check, check out the labs. labs which mm-hmm. I don't know if all of them, but I know some of the labs are ending like this week. Let me let me look at that. It doesn't seem to seem to say anywhere specifically uh, that I was able to find. I think if you, Aaron, if you pick the. Uh, the top labs game, but before you actually join, but if you select it, it'll tell you when it ends. Two days remaining for quick draw. United Front has two days remaining. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're we're done this week. So do it now. Oh, actually. Well, by the time <laughs> this releases, it's Sorry, well. Yeah, it's right. Okay. I got to think in the future. Yeah. So it's gone. <laughs> but that was neat. So yes, for our retrospective. I'm hoping that neat. they bring back United Front just with a different enemy deck. That would be good. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they'll it. take like a few weeks off and then re- kind of re- redo it and it'll come out again in like March or something. Mm-hmm. I also nice. played the jungle mode. Oh, I haven't played that one. 
That one, you're playing against a, an actual person. You can choose your deck, I believe, if I remember right, or a pre-made deck that the enemy makes, which is focused around Lulu um, and Ionia. Um, but you are forced to have a, a jungle monster on your on your board. And if the enemy kills that jungle monster, they they get a, they get to choose from one or three cards that gives them buffs of some sort. Okay. Uh, it was fun? fun for me because as a League of Legends player, I recognized all these monsters. They're from the actual jungle that you could kill. Oh, yeah. So you had the the birds. I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> that you start off with. <laughs> like, I know. I know Lee. I can't remember. Any of them. <laughs> I can't remember. They're they call them like the birds. The, the chickens. The, the chickens. Um, but then the stone, uh, the, uh, the actual stone golems, and then you eventually level up your or the more you kill, the uh, harder that monster, the monster that gets summoned on their side, um, gets leveled up essentially too, or gets summoned, and eventually you can be fighting you can kill the baron nasher which is like the ultimate monster from the league of legends game and so that was and then it gives you also the ultimate buff as well so that's just a fun interaction let's it just adds a nice little twist to the whole game yeah. and makes it it can be fun to see how players uh how they prioritize their game on focusing on you or focusing on that monster because like if they want that buff or not like when it becomes worth it and I remember my first game, the other guy didn't focus it at all, and I did, and I ended up winning. Then the next game, someone else got ahead of me on the focusing side for that monster. It just it was enough. It was it was interesting. So I find the labs fun to at least try it once. That well, sounds like a very interesting PvEVP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's that's the labs. Uh what I wanted to move on to is similar. It kind of, it kind of was something I was thinking of in the car earlier um, about building the decks in Rune Terra, and maybe I'm just old, but it's not satisfying to me to be moving the cards around on the screen the whole time. I just wanted to print them all off, put them on the carpet in front of me, <laughs> and start. You know, put them in grids and then move this guy over to that pile. And now I'll move this one over to here. And maybe it's because I spent so much of my, you know, 8 to 12 age years with the physical cards making different decks and mostly theoretical. I didn't uh, compete all that much, but just organizing them in different ways. I had, I think, four like one inch ring binders for all my different games and those three by three uh, plastic sheet grids that you would, you know, put all the cards in the sleeve and I would pull them out and, oh, now I'm doing it alphabetically. Now I'm doing it by type. Now I'm doing it by uh, attack power. Now I'm doing it by rarity and then by alphabet. I, I did that until those cards were worn out, man. <laughs> it defeats the purpose of the binder. It's supposed to keep them all nice. Except for when the, the plastic broke. And yeah, they that, that's because you're out. like shoving 20 copies of a, a card into a single. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no. That, I've that seen. Was some, I saw people put multiple in, in those, yeah. you know, in the, the three by three sleeves. And that that sent a shiver up my spine. I was just feeling the edges of that pl- that cheap vinyl i'm like that's just gonna split yep. and then you know it doesn't sit down properly Ugh. 
That's I, I married into a Pokemon collection. That's uh, yes. <laughs> which is I still have it. And it's two inch, three inch binder. It's huge. Just it's, stuffed it's full. full. Yeah. Um, Pokemon cards. I think I also have the leftovers of my sister's collection and maybe my brother's as well. I'm not sure. Nice. I at least have yeah, the valuable cards from my brother's collection. Them. I'm not sure if he gave me all of his cards purely mm-hmm. because some of them just aren't worth. I wasn't actually, and I still don't actively play it, but I think I have our family's collection in our this binder. And yes, I overstuffed uh, some of the vinyls, not with the nice cards, but with those like not yes, cheap stuff. All yeah. the cheap stuff is like, Mana. oh yeah, all of these guys are yeah. in one part. Yeah, yeah, the energy, energy and uh, yeah. uh, uh, bell sprout and stuff. Yes, commons. So. Yeah, it's nice. I like having it in digital form in Runeterra. Like I do. I remember I had uh, Star Wars collectible card game. And then Yu-Gi-Oh! is what I had a lot of because I actually liked the game. Yeah, that was actually that. a fun one to actually play. I think I played that uh, more than just about just about any type. Yeah, I, I felt now at this age, I realize how cheap a lot of it was. And like the problem with magic is you can't you can't adjust the meta, you know, um, you can't nerf cards and stuff. Once it's there, it's there. And yeah. you just got to tell people, no, no, don't use that. That's not <laughs> that's not cool. Yeah, well, I guess the way that they fixed that was just by having their meta be a three year cycle. So if your card is older than three years, it's, it's not allowed in like standard competitive tournament play, I think. Cause yeah, I do. Yeah. I have a fair bit of magic. I actually played that like as an adult um, for a while, but yeah, it was when I deck build that though, I've got piles of cards all over my desk. I have like categories. I'm trying to organize and build what my, my deck is going to be and so it's just cards everywhere and i'm like okay see to me that's that's the dream right there (laughs) yeah that's i'm not a magic guy i've never i've never done it it's that's that's a bridge too far for me (laughs) yeah that's it gets spendy real quick i would not recommend it it is one expensive hobby i'm trying to remember what i did with my cards as a kid and admittedly i wasn't as big on because i didn't I think I, I don't know how many times I battled, but it was not the purpose of me having these cards. It was purely because I loved Pokemon and I wanted the cards. Yeah, it's um, a true collection. It's a collectible for me. Yeah. Um, but thinking about Runeterra, I do wish that they displayed it differently. I wish there was an option to look at just my deck, not at, and had, and like right now. In card form, like the, the 2D where they actually show the cards, not in the like the list. Yeah, because right now um, they show all the cards um open like but those are the ones that you can add or add into your deck or the ones mm-hmm. you don't own kind of stuff and that's what's taking up the majority of the screen and then in a in a single column on your left is little like title titles uh, na- of your names and how much they cost on the left and that's that's your deck that you're actually putting this into and i wish you could switch that yeah that would be nice like to be able to have that be it's an option look. um when i am more closer to finalizing my deck my initial stuff, yeah, I want to be able to look at everything. But when I'm starting to finalize it and really get a handle on how much do I actually have here or what do I want to keep in, being able to look at those would be really nice. A nice little addition. I also don't like that you can really easily add a card in, but it's harder to take it out purely because you have to click and drag, I think. Yeah. Or at least on the iPad, you have to hold and drag. I know that this there's... a little harder. Um, and when you add it in, you, you just like right click on it. Mm-hmm. I think to add it in, Something. and you just can't like it. Just doesn't have the same mechanic to pull out. So, 
I, I kind of that's my nitpick of the the interface. I do like because it's digital, you can pull up a uh, like a chart that tells you how many spells, how many champs, how many landmarks, landmarks, how many followers. Like you can, mm-hmm. and then they give you your your mana spread of just costs to see where your like your peak is, your curve. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's really helpful when building something to just be able to look at that and go, oh, oh, I have. I have a lot of expensive cards. Like, hold up a second. <laughs> I need to. This is what the purposes of this yeah. deck is. Exactly. So I, I appreciate that, and that's mm-hmm. something. Uh, at the same time, like the the tactile, lengthy deck building, of physical cards is is it's different. You can't beat that in the same way, and it takes a lot more effort though, more time, going through because you just kind of physically handle tons of cards, keep them all organized. See, for me, I. It's it's like the uh did you guys have this might be a long shot um in the late 90s there was a a Game Boy Color uh Pokemon trading card game game uh, where it was literally the card game on your Game Boy Really? I don't, uh, I don't remember this. I highly recommend checking it out and it's Okay. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a really fun fun way to play it, um, but I was I just keep hoping to find kind of that same level of for me the game worked. That was the first one to really work mm-hmm. virtually correctly. Uh, I remember then there, playing the you had a digital Pokemon game on your computer. I did. I'm trying to remember the yeah. details of that. I think it came on like a smaller than normal sized yeah, CD ROM. Yeah, I remember it was like, it wasn't a fully like fleshed out game or something like or at least we hadn't gotten to that content or something. I think it was the demo of Maybe it is that I had. got in like a cereal box. Oh, yeah, I think you're right cuz it it was short and we just kind of had to replay the same thing. But I, I love to, that. I have to point out how old we are that we got things in cereal boxes. Yeah, right. Demo disc. <laughs> yeah, Chex's Quest, man. Yeah. <laughs> I played that when it was when it was contemporary. I pulled it out of the box and installed it. It was wow. a, basically it's just a Doom mod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chex Quest but a, is a, great. a decent one, right? I, like it actually wasn't the worst thing in the world. No, it's super good. That's funny. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's silly because you're you're a you're a a, a <laughs> yeah. man in Chex shaped armor. Yeah, <laughs> and you're going around fighting. Uh, what are the green guys called? The the soggies. <laughs> They're like soggy. Soggy yeah, fighting, fight the soggies That's or funny. the flemmies or something. Huh. Flemoids. Pretty sure flemoids. Right. Oh, yes. Uh, those were the days. Digressions aside, um, <laughs> I I just want that because what James is talking about is is a good point also because the, the physical clicking and dragging of the cards, um, that's what I want in rune terror but the screen's simply not big enough for them to have here's the left half of your screen as all of your cards and the right half is your yeah. deck similar to how they have it but it needs to be full size with two separate scroll screens that i can drag and drop and that's you and aaron are playing on mobile devices so i can see where yeah. it's harder and i'm on pc so it's not like it's like any other game interface that i've played with so it's not the worst, um, and I can I've, handle it maybe a bit better. I've played both on desktop and on iPad. Not true. Um, and so 
it's it's definitely still playable. It's just, oh, this is a small annoyance. And I noticed that it's actually built similarly on the PC version. Oh, yeah. No, they're so, identical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like layout's the same. Layout's, well, layout's the same. And same with the, the, the mechanic itself, because with iPad, I'm doing touch interface. That part, there is actually something that I do really like about playing on iPad where I am physically having to move my hand to put place cards on the board. Mm. I really do like that. That is that does very... feel good to play the cards. Yeah. Up and and then put them into battle. That swipe does feel good. Yes. <laughs> and I do yeah. appreciate that more compared to uh, uh compared to the PC version, but on PC I like deck building better. Uh, you know what? I've got an all-in-one touch PC. Maybe I'll play it on PC and then go. I can still Ooh, do that. Reach out and do that. <laughs> Yeah. Got to test go. things, these things yeah. out. Yeah, it's it's my job. It's what I got to do. Yeah, this right. thing I don't get paid for. Yes. Yeah. No. The big bucks coming in here on. Podcast <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, no, I I I used to love playing those trading card games. Like, oh yeah. When we did play, I mean, let's see what what all because you played Star Wars and Pokemon. Uh, what what other ones did we all play? Uh, I played I played a lot of Digimon also I growing up, but I, I followed the series when it was contemporary yeah. too. I only played that with you. Like I essentially that was your game to teach me how to play. So we did do a little bit of that. Uh, mine was board game. Oh, not board games, but it, it was it was Pokemon. Just Pokemon. I don't think uh, collecting certain dolls count either. <laughs> so it was Pokemon, but mainly like the video games. Like there wasn't yeah. a whole lot of card play that happened. I didn't. I didn't. I never really. I don't know if I ever learned the official rules to the to the card game. Mm. Um, I don't know if I know them. So like, <laughs> I, just I make it up. Yeah, it was pretty much make it up. I know that I played a couple people outside of my siblings. Like there was uh, the guy who lived behind me. Um, we went to the same school, same grade. Yeah. Uh, we the joke, not it wasn't a joke. We did this. We would place our cards through the fence to trade them. Are you serious? Yeah. That's hilarious. Through the wooden fence back wow. by the dog run. <laughs> wow. That was um, A plus. <laughs> so when we weren't, when we didn't play it, when I didn't bring like the cards to school, which I didn't do that a, a whole lot anyway, we would discuss what we wanted to do maybe at, there, but yeah, um, I think I might have played him like the actual like battle side of it, but it was really just about trading for me. Yeah. I remember school ground recesses. Uh, for Pokemon, I didn't have a lot of it, so I really the only time I got to play was when someone had a second deck built that they let me borrow. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh was when I finally actually bought a lot of cards and started playing and trading. And oh, that's fun! Yeah, you've got your deck. Someone's got a really nice card. Try to come. Yeah, I I enjoyed the lore a lot less in that than I did the others, but it <laughs> yeah, had the no most kind of crunchy uh, actual play to it. Yeah, I have no clue what Yu-Gi-Oh! was even about. I don't remember any of its story. Just a lot of weird art and weird names for things. What I remember of it is the show was literally them playing the card game. <laughs> right. I, yes. Yeah. Like, even within the, the lore, it's still... Maybe that's card why game. I can't remember what it was, because it's it was a card game. The show yeah. was about the card game. Which... Honestly, is a great way to sell it because then people get to see, other than seeing like the monsters come to life based off the cards, they also get to see how the game's played. Assuming that the yeah. two rules are the same across, across the two things. Yeah. <laughs> Versus with Pokemon, you can't really get that same 
think watching the TV show compared to the no, cards. No, the, the card game is so drastically different from like everything else that yeah that no, came. Growing up, I had far more fun playing Pokemon as where I was the trainer and I went out into the forest with my sister. We pretended to catch <laughs> right, each other. Right. Oh, each other? <laughs> <laughs> Not Were even you like throwing like rocks at each other <laughs> Not that rocks, you painted like, red and white? No, uh, like probably either plastic Pokeballs or just pretend <laughs> Chucking Pokeballs. plastic Pokeballs at each other. pretending there was a Bulbasaur around the tree, that kind of stuff. Rather did, than, did you have the, the Burger King ones? Oh, I have no idea. I can't remember. Probably, uh, probably not. I don't think we went to Burger King a lot as a kid. Because Burger King, uh, around the time of the release of the first movie, uh, uh, stupid things I remember, um, <laughs> they gave away in Happy Meals these... The, they were plastic Pokeballs. They were, I don't know, the size of like a large orange, maybe grapefruit. Yeah. And you would open it up and there was one of like six gold. Um, man, they were they were pretty dense. They were yeah, no, a little smaller than place. a trading card. They were thick and they were yeah. golden kind of medallions that were rectangle shaped. And, and there was a few of those, but yeah, the Pokeball, you just, you'd end up throwing it in the backyard because you know, kid. Yeah. It's probably somewhere out there. Can I brag a little bit? Do it. I, yeah. (laughs) Okay. What is it? Um, What do you got? I had an assignment in college where I had to make a display for a collection. Is this a, this is bragging is college. It was college. So I, (laughs) I don't know if this is a brag. (laughs) (laughs) This is a, tells you how, how I'm still a nerd. Yeah, that's, um, that's so, what it says, and I'm I'm proud of this. Okay, okay, it's a brag. We'll take it as a brag because I made I made three Pokeballs that had cards fit in them and displayed the cards, and I had and I went ahead and I got and I went back to my old collection, found my Bulbasaur, Venusaur, and my Ivysaur. And you had like shinies of those too, right? I had uh, some at least the Ivysaur is shiny. Yeah, um, and displayed all three of them on a little rotating thing, and so that was that was the, that's my, my that's my brag, but. Like this, this thing that you guys are talking <laughs> that about. Your as a college that project. As a college project. <laughs> oh, it's Pokemon cards. Hey, I had I had to make a, a working open, like, Pokeball that opened and shut. Yeah. It like, had to kind of click and stuff. It was really cool. Nice. It, it was, I thought it was really cool. I think it's I so couldn't cool. have done uh, that. So. Yeah. I think we finally threw that away, though. <laughs> we're cleaning the house. I was like, Aaron, can we? Maybe. Can we it's to take too much one. room. Yeah, it was Save it was kind one of and we're okay. Uh, yeah, the Star Wars game I remember having a thousand cards of yeah that's like i didn't realize board games were a thing until i was an adult but looking back i pretty much tried to play board games forever it's like randy you and i played a lot of card games oh absolutely it was it was cheap they're just you know printed pieces of cardboard something we could afford to get into with our allowance yeah yeah that was the uh, perfect price point for the allowance and our parents loved it because it was quiet (laughs) <laughs> it was honestly well, compared to video we, games or tv or legos goodness yeah, nothing's louder yeah. than two kids playing lego legos especially for us was yeah, yeah way yeah. loud because we were ramming into each other and uh, you're never gonna shuffling. let that go no I'm, never i'm never letting the auger <laughs> thing go it's never i'm never letting it go that might be the most upset i ever got in <laughs> like legos Aaron's like wants some more about the story. There's I, nothing I to this do want to know no. more, but <laughs> no, it's just we were playing, and like I, in my head, won as a kid. I shot his. I mean, it's imaginary though. So like now, <laughs> right? Like, how did I win? I said I shot his helicopter, but somehow his helicopter perfectly fell and destroyed my my tank. <laughs> and Randy's excuse at the time, which to me felt cheap because he was pretty far away, but he said it augured 
into <laughs> just like this word i've never heard as a kid anyway we did i think it stood it was a tie i just i'll, yeah, never, I, I'll never forget that tank dying to it well those games never ended because there was always cut scenes towards the end kojima-esque cut scenes mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep we had lots of those but no that was the i don't think i ever played the star wars card game with you no it was it was pretty bad i did learn the rules and i had one guy who collected there's only one other person who had the game um i don't recall the the rules did not seem very fun or at least as a kid like i just they were too complicated maybe so we weren't playing it right um but no i still i think my parents have all those cards still somewhere packed away well i tell you what i'm i've lost track of pretty much all of my cards of all types uh because of course I did. I've moved so many times. But uh, when we get the chance, I am. I still remember exactly how the game works. We can play. I will teach you how to play a Pokemon game. Uh, I, yes. Well, okay. Well, let's, admittedly, yeah. I have enough cards that... Wa- and I probably build two decks. We could easily build two decks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> five decks, maybe. <laughs> Ten decks? And no, five. It shouldn't take us more than 30 minutes to search the house for them. No, Unless, yeah, they're, I, I know right where they're at. So. Okay. Okay, so... We're turning yeah, we, into we could, uh, we card games. We're going to do physical games only go. now. Yeah. Card <laughs> games. Turn into a Magic the Gathering uh, podcast here. That, yeah, that's when there. I leave. This Rude and Terra gameplay of ours is eating up all our video game time now. Yeah. But that's fine. It's, it's you know, a lot of uh, board games and card games have you know, roots in video games and vice versa. Like, like I said, there's, there are literally card games that are video games. What would you consider Runeterra? You know, it, it is a video game. It absolutely is. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, you know, and it's a fun in between. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. essentially a physical card game that's in video game form, but it couldn't be done in any other way. So yeah, no, totally. Yeah. There's certain rules that would be, uh, really, really difficult uh, to so many to make happen like yeah. adding multiples of cards you'd have to have those like in your back pocket and go I'm according to this I now get where... to add these cards in yeah. and keeping track of something like like omen hawk you know okay the next two characters that I pull have a plus one so we got to have these markers to keep track of that it would get so complicated honestly Just having flashbacks to magic because I bought like a hundred small dice because this would start happening where it's like buff this guy give him an extra plus two and then it's like summon another two two monster and i'm like okay it's got dice everywhere i'm having an even shorter flashback to gloomhaven yeah i mean (laughs) this is true we have some board games nowadays that are pretty much trying to be well i'm thinking like i I only have certain amount of mechanics but i still have some mechanics i have to keep track of and i'm forgetting to add those point extra points in when i go to fight the, the enemies it's like yeah Dang it. That's I could have added an extra three damage to this to this guy. Well, I think that that sounds like a show to me. We're so off the rails. It's a bit meandery this week, but you know what? That's um, that's how it goes sometimes. We didn't play a lot of video games. We, we still are nerds and we love uh, these these things that we play. So uh, you know, just sharing passions is what the is what the network is all about, and so this was kind of our chance to to get that out and get a little bit of that Rune Terra energy that leaked into the end of last episode. 
And hopefully by next episode, we'll have at least started some new games. Yeah, play some. Or finished old ones. Yeah, we still got to get you to play New Vegas. So I was actually yeah. thinking of the fact that I've, I've probably about a quarter or a third of the way through Ori and the Blind, not Blind Forest, but the new Oh, one. yeah, Will of the Wisps. Will of the Wisp. Or I Wisp. started it and then... I did not finish it <gasps> you gotta at all. Finish that. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't I didn't one shot it. I, I was kind of half expecting to and then it just didn't happen. Yeah. Do that one. Well, okay. uh before we break off completely, I will mention that uh uh Rune Terra did spill over into our uh our iTunes, actually. We got our we got a five star review from uh uh Radiago. Oh, uh, <laughs> said Radiago, yeah. It said this podcast is legend. Wait for it. Oh no. Yes. And then sadly they put a lot of uh periods and spaces uh to do the wait for it and unfortunately iTunes has cut it off. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll forever wait for it. <laughs> We're still we waiting. are in suspense. Oh. Yeah, I remember how uh, yeah. That that sounds right. But yeah, so so we'll just we'll we'll sit here and we will wait for yeah, Radiago boy. to let us know what the end of it is cuz it's definitely not dairy. It um, is going to be it is going to be dairy. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be in like a month and that's when it'll... nice. So I'd like to thank thank uh that user specifically for that callback uh made me made me laugh pretty good. Yeah, that's <laughs> I would expect nothing less from Radiago. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you guys. And uh, just like Radiago, you can leave us a five star review or, two or, star or you know, two, two star uh, meanders too much. That's fine. Yep. Um, two side that, questy gets too lost in the weeds. Or better yet, five star too much meandering. There we go. And yeah. We'll have to do more of it. How about that? Um, and you know you can get a hold you can get in touch with us it's all in the show notes there uh you can email us there's a website uh, and just uh check out everything else we're doing but i'm going to i'm going to let uh fine folks go here um so, so from all of us here we'd like to wish you all a good night adios later